Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name's Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to be talking about the baby boomers and bullying. You know, before the 1960s, most people watched television in black and white. And looking back at what society was like 50 years ago, it seems like people looked at life in terms of black and white also. Things were either right or they were wrong. There wasn't too much in between, and some of the things we viewed as wrong were disrespectful children, smoking pot, sex before marriage. Some of the things society viewed as right were children not talking back to their parents or teachers and conservative dress. Now, if you want to look back and see exactly what society viewed as right or wrong, all you got to do is take a look at an episode of Leave it to Beaver. Oh, you had Eddie Haskell in there, of course you know, who was always breaking chops. And then you had Wally and Beaver, who were always polite and kind to their parents, and their parents were always trying to teach them some type of lesson. Dad, Ward Cleaver, always there to try and help out Beaver or Wally out of sticky situations. And that's the way it was. That's very much the way it was. And you also had other shows like the Donna Reed show. You know, you had um, Father Knows Best. You know, all these shows that depicted the perfect American family. Well, that was depicted that way. And unfortunately, in some instances in real life, it wasn't quite that way. 
there was dysfunction and there were problems and there were fights and arguments and but it seemed like they were a little bit fewer and far between and I've spoken about this before about how we only had a handful of kids in school that were kids that acted up or misbehaved or were disrespectful or irresponsible. You see, after World War II, a new kind of generation was born in the United States. Because of the after-effects of the war, the United States experienced an economical boom which resulted in high-income high jobs and employment rates were non-existent. Education was also enhanced by the government and universities and colleges were prompting people to get college degrees. Education was cheap and was readily available. In fact, many took college courses to open up higher-paying job opportunities And because of this lifestyle, many people became financially secure. The financial freedom allowed people to have more children. There was a significant increase in birth rates, and people who were born within this period are called baby boomers. And baby boomers were born between 1946 and 1964. Now, obviously, that's a bit of a monologue that I just read to you to help you understand who the baby boomers are and how they came about. It was because of the servicemen coming home from World War II, wanting to raise families, couldn't wait to see their wives, greater time together, you know, and starting families. Now, there was a guy that came along who was a, I I call him an opportunist. And his name was Dr. Spock. And he wrote, you know, a book on uh, child rearing. And it became the Bible for many people. And parents began to change their approach to raising children. It started to become, you know, rather in vogue for parents to be less authoritarian and more liberal in raising their kids. The result was the baby boomers themselves took this to an extreme when they began to have children themselves. Now, let me share a few things here. The baby boomers came home or the, um, the parents of the baby boomers, the dads or, or the moms, came home to have families. And they knew at that point in their life about as much about raising families as the man in the moon. They didn't understand discipline. They didn't understand respect. They didn't know how to hold kids accountable. They didn't know what appropriate consequences were. And they dealt with something that I call hot anger. Hot anger is merely you get yelled at for what you do. And if you get yelled at enough at a young age, you learn to fear being yelled at. So you become 
a pretty good surveyor of the environment and you kind of figured out what mom or dad wanted to hear and you became a pretty good liar. And because of the fact that you became a pretty good liar, okay, you didn't get yelled at because you told them what they wanted to hear. And the parents of that generation also, in other words, I'm a baby boomer, I'm talking about my parents, I'm 65 years old, were in their own way dysfunctional. They didn't have a handle on life. The war produced trauma. Oh yeah, there was an economic boom. There's no question about it. There was an economic boom during World War II because we were constantly employing people to make either tanks or artillery or whatever the case may be to send overseas. But the bottom line is when those soldiers came back, they were suffering from, they called it shell shock years ago. It's actually, today it's called post-traumatic stress disorder. And they continuously, and post-traumatic stress disorder is, the, is you constantly have the feeling like you're going to die. That's the problem. You think you're going to die. And every event, everything that happened, anything that happened in life, it could have been a small thing. Everyone had a huge reaction. And the baby boomers were raised in very reactive environments. And they learned how to deal with that, but they also learned that they really couldn't express themselves the way they wanted to. Because if mom or dad disagreed, there'd be a a fight in the house or something would go wrong. And they also didn't know how to manage relationships themselves, meaning the baby boomers. So, understanding this and understanding that after those guys came home after World War II, alcoholism was rampant. The guys that had the, were suffering from trauma, and I'm sure there was a giant percentage of them, if not all of them, what happened was they became dysfunctional and it was no longer a leave-it-to-beaver household. It was a pretty dysfunctional place for kids to get raised. And through all of that, the baby boomers had to learn how to survive emotionally. We didn't understand relationships that well. We didn't understand how to date because we weren't uh, taught how to communicate well. We had trouble in either uh, in peer relationships and difficulty. This was the environment where baby boomers were raised. And after these guys came back and they had their children and so on, and they became, and because of Dr. Spock, they became less authoritarian. The baby boomers took this to an extreme when they began to have kids themselves. They took a very 
much more liberal mentality and kicked it up a huge notch. Baby boomers, baby boomer parents believed that their babies and then their children had the right to decide everything. This included when they got fed, what they wanted to eat, what they wanted to wear, and what they wanted to say and do because they were stuffed themselves. I'm talking about the parents. They couldn't say anything when they were kids. Now they're giving their kids all kinds of freedom. And it's that group, it's that group, my children, my children, who began to experience difficulty with bullying. Everything was the right to choose. Kids can choose what they want to choose. Kids can say what they want to say. And it it got to a point where it wasn't just, I can say what I want to my parents or to a teacher, but they were saying what they wanted to one another. And what you're hearing here, folks, is the intergenerational tendency associated with bullying. Because the next generation, which was the millennials, that generation, we'll talk about them at another point, they're the ones that really took bullying to another level. Once the internet was introduced and we could cyberbully, and we can bully with emails and instant messaging and all those things, and now text messaging and social media, this is where the rubber really met the, the road, and this is why we have a huge problem with bullying today. It was the author, author, huh, authoritarian approach of one group, which was, it could be called the Depression Babies, which is my father and mother, then the Baby Boomers, who didn't like how they were raised. They didn't like what happened. They went along to get along, but they snuck and did things, okay, that their parents never knew about. Then you have the kids today, my children, and you have another generation that's even after the millennials, you have Generation X, Generation Y, Generation Z. And each one of these generations took bullying to another level. And it started with the baby boomers. When they became far more liberal, they became far more permissive with their own children, and it became, you can say and do whatever you want, anything goes. And that's how this problem began to develop. Now, for me, baby boomer kids, it was no longer black and white. Nothing was totally wrong anymore and everything was allowed. And I'm not talking about with within necessarily within the family. I mean, you try to enforce a rule or two, but the bottom line is, okay, it was, it began because there was such a large number of us, 
it started to become societal. Parents couldn't establish rules in black and white like you had years ago, a black and white television and things were just black and white because it might hurt their kids' self-esteem. And we always had to make kids feel good. We wanted them to feel good. The idea came into popularity that parents have have to respect their kids. And you know, I can I can kind of understand that to a degree. But when you think about what respect is, it doesn't mean you allow them to break the rules, do what they want, say what they want. It means you have a regard for their rights and privileges, but you as the adult have to enforce them. And, you know, the concept of respect is wonderful. Another issue that came about with the baby boomers was we, we didn't really learn self-control in our words and in our actions. And we didn't show respect for anybody. See what I mean? It became societal. It started within the small nuclear nuclear family. And then it became societal. And we are where we are today because of the because of the problem that the parents had after World War II in raising kids in understanding dysfunction and in dealing with their own problems. You know, the worst possible thing that you can have is a parent that doesn't understand themselves and they're trying to find themselves and they're trying to raise kids in the process. And we all make that statement all the time. You know, my parents did the best with what they what they knew. Well, you know, you had Dr. Spock out there and that became, you know, the, the book of choice and he had a captive audience because no one knew anything. So what happened was you started to have that intergenerational problem. We became extremely selfish, self-indulgent, at times arrogant and demanding. Everything was about feeling good. Feeling good. And do kids want to feel good today? Do kids, the, the, the primary, one of the primary responsibilities that the brain has is to bring pleasure to its owner. Whatever that pleasure is. If it means picking on you gives me pleasure. If it means calling you names, belittling you, and beating you up gives me pleasure. That's what I'm going to do if that's what I'm allowed to do and what I'm taught. It started right after World War II. You just got a history, my friends, of the intergenerational pattern that we have 
right now in terms of bullying. And if the progression, if the progression continues, remember, baby boomers, millennials, generation X, generation Y, generation Z, where are we going with this? How bad could it get? And it's something that we are going to have, what we're going to have to do is turn back. And you see it now. We're starting to turn back the clock now and starting to become far more character oriented, far more respect oriented, far more kindness oriented. The problem is the cat's already out of the bag and we got too many kids, too many people, too many adults that don't understand this. So what's the answer? What's the answer? We have to make sure that in schools today, we do nothing but teach respect and responsibility. I don't give a damn about a test score. That test score doesn't mean if I pass the test that I can survive in society and be kind and respectful and caring toward another person. There were plenty of people that went to Harvard that are jerks. That's our responsibility as adults in the home, with our children, as teachers. That has to be taught. If it's not taught, if they are not given examples of how to be respectful, if they don't see it in action, if we don't role model it as adults, we're going to have another generation, and I don't know what it is now, X, Y, Z, Z1, Z2, the list could go on. But what you just heard, what you just heard, my friends, is how bullying got started, the intergenerational tendencies, and what needs to be done in order to take a bite out of this. We no longer just have bullying. We have school shootings. We no longer just have kids that are kind of shy and grow out of it. We have kids that are angry, reclusive, and so introverted that, they're, that they're, they have just gotten to the point where they want to seek revenge. And those of us who know better have to start to take a stand on this topic and begin to really put put their feet to the fire and get this job done because from an intergenerational standpoint, I've seen nothing but the problem deteriorating one generation to the next. And it's important that we do this. My name is Jim Burns. You're listening to Anti-Bullying 101. I thank you for listening. You just heard an alarming podcast on how bullying started and why we have to take some steps to put an end to it. Please visit my website. Please tell other people about this podcast. And right on, right in the episode description, I'm putting a link. Please donate. This podcast doesn't run on its own. 
It, it needs help to continue. There's a link right there. You can go right to Patreon. Okay, make a donation. This is critical for us to get this message out. When you visit the website, you got a link right there that says become a patron. Click on it. Please donate. That's bullyproofclassroom.com. And there you're going to find great products. You're going to find great courses. You're going to find a lot of reading to do. There's a post going up almost every other day. Get to the website. Take a look at things. Learn from it and do your part to help stop bullying. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Today's Monday, October 14th. Wow. It's almost Halloween. Almost Halloween. The kids are going to be out looking for candy. They're going to be in school. They're going to have Halloween parties. They're going to get sent home to their parents, jacked up on sugar. It's going to be... You know, interesting, another two weeks, they're all getting their costumes ready. They're all getting ready. Then you, then they're off in November for about two weeks, really. Then you got Christmas. My question is, when does anybody learn? When do they learn? They got parties, they're off today. My daughter's off today, Columbus Day. Then you have another... Um, crazy day at the end of the month. Then you have teachers convention in New Jersey, and then you have Thanksgiving. Then you go back to school for a couple weeks. Then you got Christmas. Now it's January. When's the learning taking place? When is it done? I don't think kids actually are really given, and I don't think teachers have any momentum any more than maybe four months out of the year in terms of teaching. But that's another story, and that's for another podcast. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Listen, always remember, you carry your weather around with you. Have a great day. I'll be back at you in a few days. Take care, everybody.